Now going to hear one of the accounts of uh, that first Palm Sunday. Uh, if Fiona and Carol would like to uh, to come out, that um, the Palm Sunday story is in all four of the Gospels. That's quite quite rare, really. And uh, but we've chosen the Matthew's version, and also what happened next, what happened after this triumphal entry. Thank you. Matthew chapter 21, verses 1 to 11. The triumphal entry. As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethphage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and at once you will find a donkey tied there with her colt by her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, tell him that the Lord needs them, and he will send them right away. This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. Say to the daughter of Zion, See, your king comes to you, gentle and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. They brought the donkey and the colt, placed their cloaks on them, and Jesus sat on them. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowd that went ahead of him and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, Who is this? The crowds answered, This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. Matthew 21, verses 12 to 17. Jesus entered the temple area and drove out all who were bullying and selling there. He overturned the tables of the money uh, changers and the benches of those selling doves. It is written, he said to them, My house will be called a house of prayer, but you are thinking it is a den of robbers. The blind and the lame came to him at the temple, and he healed them. But when the chief priest and the teachers of the law saw the wonderful things he did, and the children shouting in the temple area, Hosanna to the son of David, they were indignant. Do you hear what these children are saying? They asked him. Yes, replied Jesus. Have you never read? From, from the lips of the children and the infants, you have ordained praise. And he left them and went out of the city to Beth, Bethany, where he spent the night. Amen. Thank you. Over the past few weeks when I've been taking uh, the service, I've uh, told you some jokes from, uh, f- 
from which vine is it? I can't remember. I keep getting mixed up with it's him or his brother. Anyway, this isn't from his, uh, and it's a true story, but hopefully um, is also a little amusing. But it might help us to think about uh, the message. This uh, preacher once uh, was, uh, was saying how his mother-in-law, so it's not my mother-in-law, I hasten to add, his mother-in-law was driving along and it was one of these terrible nights where the rain was lashing down. You know, you could hardly see anything. And so what she decided to do was to follow the car in front. Okay, thought that was the safest and just follow their, their lights. And, uh, and that she did, followed them uh, along. And then the car just stopped. And so she thought, well, maybe there's some some hazard or whatever, but the car didn't, didn't do anything. And then, in fact, the lights disappeared. The, the, the person had, had switched off the lights. So she was a bit concerned and then a bit worried. She was a woman on her own, didn't know what was happening. There was a knock on her window, a start, as she looked up and saw this man there at the window and urging her to wind the window down. You know how you do it. You go like this, even though it's been ages since we had... It's now one of those, isn't it? But anyway, he did this. And the, she wound the window down just a few inches. And uh, he said, can I help you? And she says, well, why are you stopped there? Why did you switch your lights off? And he said, it's my drive. I live here. Sometimes we can be following the wrong lead, okay? And I think the Palm Sunday service, the Palm Sunday reading, is interesting because they're all following this Jesus who they were expecting to do certain things, but it turned out to be a different way. Let's have a look at the story, shall we? So if we could have the reading up, please, the first reading. So, as they approached Jerusalem and they came to this Bethphage. So, did you get it? I did it rather quickly when the children were in here. That picture of, of Jerusalem, there was a, uh, the huge temple area. Um, and it really dominated the, the land, I'll tell you more about that in, in a bit. And then rising above it was the Mount of Olives, which features in quite a few of the, the stories, doesn't it, at, at this time. At the, at the foot of the Mount of Olives is the Garden of Gethsemane, which again features, we'll be remembering that on, on Maundy Thursday, where, where Jesus went in to, uh, to pray with, uh, with his disciples. And do you remember he said, won't you just wait with me just for one hour? But all his disciples just fell asleep. So hero to zero in just a few days. That On Palm Sunday, everybody was rejoicing. And then everybody left him and deserted him. Good Friday, Jesus was arrested and, and killed. We'll be remembering that on Friday. But on this day... He came down from the Mount of Olives and, uh, and rode in 
on the, uh, on the donkey, across the Kidron Valley. If you go to Israel, you'll see all these things. It's still there. The temple isn't there, but the temple mount is, is there that you can see. So maybe you can just picture the scene. This was real. This happened. And then as we move on in the, in the story, the next verse, there's lots about the donkey, isn't there? What's all the fuss about a donkey? You know, if we were writing the story, perhaps we'd write it in a different way. Why, why all this detail about the, the donkey and how the, um, uh, the disciples were, were led to bring in this donkey and, and all of this? Well, that's because, if we could uh, move down to verse 5, that's because Jesus was fulfilling an Old Testament prophecy. Perhaps it doesn't mean much to us, but to them it meant a lot. It's like a code that, um, uh, that Jesus was saying. It's from Zechariah chapter 9, verse 9, that... Uh, See your king comes to you gentle and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the fold of a donkey. And so here was Jesus proclaiming that he was king, but a king who came in peace. Um, Solomon, in, you can read about in 1 Kings 1 verse 33, he also arrived into Jerusalem years before on a donkey. On the day he was recognized as a new king of Israel, it was known at that time that if you come in peace, you can ride in on a donkey. And he came in peace. Now, there would have been many who wanted him to come and, and drive out the Romans. He'd got a huge following. There was hundreds of thousands of people there. And he could have raised up a, a revolution to drive out the Romans. But that was not his way. He didn't follow the agenda of, of other people. He doesn't follow our agenda too. That he knew what he had to come and do. He knew that he had to fulfill the, uh, the, the rest of the Easter story, if you like, of Good Friday and Easter Sunday and, and all of that. He came in peace. Verse 6, I think, is, is good. The disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. Are we disciples? If we are, then we need to do the same. Do as the Lord instructs us. I think the Palm Sunday reading is interesting because you had lots of people who were sort of watchers on and, and maybe joining in. But they weren't real disciples. They were just joining in. And I think it's a challenge to us. Are we just sort of joining in or are we disciples? I just offer that as a challenge. I don't know how your, your Lent preparations have begun. A couple of weeks ago I, I gave you some verses that I, I just encourage you to, to read and to, to meditate on. I hope that I hope some of you have been doing that, but whatever, just use this week, 
really to, to grasp more of what it means to be a disciple of Jesus. I just offer that challenge to you. Where are you in your Christian walk, your Christian faith? Verse um, 8, please. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road. Again, this was done when the kings came, important people came and, and, keep, and keep on, on going. And while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. And that's where we get the, the palm crosses from. They used it and they proclaimed the coming of the Lord. I wonder what you're going to do with your palm cross. It's interesting, isn't it? What do we do with this? I just encourage you to pray. What's the Lord wanting us to do with it? Sometimes people take it to work and put it on their, their desk or take it to school. Sometimes they, they put it on their fridge to remind them. Just pray. What does the Lord want us to do with this? And as I mentioned earlier, we've got more here. Give them out to, uh, to other people. Give them to a neighbor. Here. And what, why don't you, do you want to come with me to some of the Easter activities that's happening? Let's burst the seams of this, uh, this church as we, we rejoice on uh, this Easter time. And you can encourage others to come. Just pray. What will you do with your cross? So these crowds came and shouted, Hosanna to the son of David. And they were all celebrating whether they were disciples or whether they were just sort of just hangers on really. We remember that they all let Jesus down. And all of us from time to time or maybe all the time do this from hero to zero just in a a few days, or maybe in an hour. Because as we move to the next part of the story in Matthew's Gospel, Jesus, who had got this huge following, and he could have done all sorts of things with that huge following, but his agenda was to bring about change. And uh, verse 12 Jesus entered the temple area. We saw how huge it was and how dominant it was and drove out all who were buying and selling there. This was not a good PR move. If he wanted to create a, a big uh, sense of, uh, of, of um, a crowd just following him because uh, he raised many enemies by doing that. But it needed to be done because they were misusing the temple. What happened at, uh, at this time was that um, doves for the, for the poor were the, uh, the sacrificial item, other things for uh, wealthier people. But they had to buy them in a certain currency, and so there were money changers, and, and the money changers cheated people, and there was lots of, of bad practices, as well as it was just a, a, a mayhem this was meant to be a house of prayer. And yet there was cheating, there was lying going on. And it was so, 
busy with commerce, that it couldn't be a house of prayer. So we overturn the tables. Too often, perhaps, we imagine Jesus as meek and mild. I don't know if you've noticed, but on Once in Royal David's City, um, when we sing that at Christmas, I always cut out two of the verses. Colin knows, because he has to prepare them. It's all about um, uh, Christian children all must be meek and mild, as good as he. And I think it just gives a wrong impression about Jesus and about Christian children. That Jesus, yes, at times was meek, at times was mild, but at times was dynamic. And when we come to faith and when we grow in faith and when we really follow him as disciple, we can know that dynamic life. Sometimes the money changes do need to be turned over. Sometimes there are needs in society that needs to be changed. And we can take our lead from Jesus. Not popular. And those who are at school or college... Uh, or work or, or in families that don't support will know that sometimes things are not popular. But we can follow the Lord and know the privilege of this dynamic, exciting, life-changing, societal-changing way of acting. Then we move on, verse 13. My house will be called a house of prayer, but you are making it a den of robbers. I'll just tell you a little bit of the the history of, of the temple. You may be familiar with some of it. It was built in 966 BC by Solomon, okay, nearly 1000 BC, but then was destroyed in in 586 BC when the Babylonians came and destroyed it and took away the best of the the people of the land and this is where the story of Daniel in the lion's den if you if you know that that story comes from the exile 50 years that the the uh, the nation of uh, of that time was in exile in Babylon but then they came back and they tried to build the temple but it wasn't very good for 500 years it just wasn't very good. And then a further blow in 168 BC, the Syrians came in. Andy rightly prayed about Syria. The Syrians came in and they desecrated the temple. They sacrificed pigs in the temple. The worst thing that could have happened. And it was a terrible blow. But then there was something called the Maccabean Revolt where the people revolted and said, this is not right. And so they, uh, they overturned that and, uh, and cleansed the temple. What Jesus was doing here was similar to that, to cleanse the temple. This temple was meant to be the house of God, the house of prayer, where people could come and pray and, pray and worship. And at the Maccabean Revolt, they again waved palm branches and it was all around that same idea. And then in verse 14 it says, 
The blind and the lame came to him at the temple and he healed them. There was dramatic things happened there. Once it was cleansed, true worship happened, people were made well. But when the chief priests, verse 15, and the teachers of the law saw the wonderful things and the children shouting in the temple area, Hosanna to the son of David, they were indignant and then they further reinforce their idea they must plot against Jesus for him to be killed. This was not a good move for him if he was a politician. But this was a good move to cleanse the table, temple so that true worship could happen. And what about us? I issued a challenge earlier. I issued another challenge. Do we use our temple, our church, in the right way? I'm not talking about immoral practices or illegal practices or money changes or doves or anything like that. But this week, we've, we've cleared from other activities so that we could really concentrate on, on this Holy Week, on this coming in a spiritual way before God. And so I'd like to reiterate that challenge that Vander gave to come and use this place as a house of prayer. Each evening there's something happening and other things during the day. Take the leaflets if you've uh, not, not got it and, and come along then on, on Friday and, um, and uh, after the Good Friday service to march over to the mill to proclaim the good news of Easter. And why don't we want to join with Ron? on the prayer vigil through the night. You don't have to stay there all night. Well, it's hard work, isn't it? A bed pulls. But if we're serious about prayer, if we really believe in the power of prayer, why not? Why not get up at two in the morning and come down? Just a challenge. But there's other times of, of praying as well. Sometimes, like Jesus, we need to just get serious about about our faith, serious about being a disciple. And then, right at the end, verse 17, and he left them and went out to the city to Bethany. That again is just over the, uh, the Mount of Olives where he spent the night. And Bethany is where Mary and Martha and Lazarus lived. And on Tuesday night, we'll be thinking about the raising of Lazarus. One of the exciting, wonderful things that happened. And exciting and wonderful things can happen in our lives as we follow, really follow, the Lord of Lords who came into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday. Maybe today has come into our lives or we can invite him into our lives in a new way. But just a word of warning. When we invite him in, who knows what will happen when we open up to the Lord of Lords. But it'll be exciting, it'll be wonderful, and it'll be life-changing. I'd like to show another YouTube clip now. Again, a challenge. 
sometimes it's good to be challenged. And um, and after this, then uh, we'll there'll be a prayer in our concluding worship. Lord, what a powerful story the Palm Sunday story is. Powerful when we really think about it, when we take it in. Lord, we know all of those people who were there on that Palm Sunday, celebrating and rejoicing, let Jesus down. And Lord God, we know we let you down. But we thank you that in the whole of the Easter story, you lift us up, you restored those disciples. And Lord, you restore us. Help us to be challenged today. Help us to be challenged what we do with the palm cross. Help us to be challenged whether we're a disciple or just a, just there for the ride. Help us to be challenged about what needs to be challenged in our society, in our lives. But Lord God, we thank you that through your Holy Spirit, you change us. We thank you that we can follow you. We thank you that we can live for you. And Lord God, as we end in worship, we pray that you will speak to us and we will respond in our own way to your call upon our lives. Thank you, Lord, that even if we feel weak and helpless, we are strong in your strength. So just, Lord, we invite you in to take our lives to take our worship, to take our praise. Speak and help us to respond. In Jesus' name, amen.